the spirit is here and for us. And the more that we're able to tune in and connect and the more that I'm able to access my higher self, I truly believe I have a better chance of navigating this world, of being attractive to my fellows, of creating connections and engagements and experiences that can benefit me personally, professionally, and help me to excel and share and contribute more into this world. What's your sole purpose? It's what you came here to accomplish. It's also who you're meant to become so that you can make an impact by being yourself. We're all here to unlock our potential and create positive change in the world. Everything starts with you. One is not born into their purpose. One steps into their purpose. Were you born to do it? Let's find out together. Welcome to another episode of Born to Do It. Today we're going to be talking about mental health and recovering the pieces that we kind of lose in the process of living and kind of reconnecting with our higher self. And I'm excited to introduce to you integrative coach Avi Satz. Hi, Avi. Hey, how are you, Stella? I am doing great. I'm very excited about our conversation because we're going to be talking about some big topics uh, like mental health, which require responsibility. (laughs) But how are you doing? I'm excited and really thankful for the opportunity to connect. Superb. Let's look into what it means to walk the path of being an integrative coach. Um, Starting with the first question that I think many people are wondering because it's coming up in conversations a lot more recently. Higher self. What is our higher self and how do you tend to explain it to people? One of the best definitions that I've come across for, you know, understanding what our higher self is, is really it's it's our inner guidance without our ego and our personality mm-hmm. coming into mix or or jumble up kind of how we perceive things. And I feel like connecting by by creating connection to the spirit and really welcoming that connection, it allows us to better access our higher selves, to elevate beyond our ego, beyond our fears, beyond our worries, traumatic experiences, and really attune towards what we're experiencing, what's in alignment for us, and in alignment with our spiritual principles and beliefs. Yeah, and that connection is going to change over the years. It's going to, you know, sometimes we're going to be guided more to be more social creatures and other times to retreat into that hermit zone so we can rediscover maybe our life path has changed a little bit. Maybe we've accomplished our potential in certain area. Now it's time to move to another area. But I like to refer to the higher self as the version of you that's already released more potential, that's kind of guiding you how to reach that next checkpoint. Humans have limited capacity to understand the greater plan, but as long as they're open to receiving that information, I suppose. I couldn't agree more. Like, um, at least for me, my understanding and my own experience, it evolves over time, right? Mm-hmm. As I evolve, right? And learn more, experience, grow. It does shift, you know, to a certain extent, you know, my my higher self based on what's happening in my life. So I thought that was really great to hear you say that. I couldn't agree more with you. When did you first begin that journey to reconnecting with your higher self? Oh, gosh. Uh, I would say at about 18 years old, to be honest with you. Um, I was raised in a Jewish household. I was adopted from India, raised by a single white Jewish woman who just wanted a family. Um, But I never really connected to Judaism at all um, at that point in my life for a lot of different reasons, I'd like to think. But at 18, I actually, but through a series of events at 18, I found myself entering 12-step-based recovery. 
and mm-hmm. spiritual practices and principles on those lines. And that's when I really began to do um, and experience more inner work as an adult, uncover and discover things and, and begin to connect and develop a spiritual connection that I hadn't had in the past. This is a, a great point of our lives when we transition from the school, from the structure, we need to find our own, create our own structure. And we begin to question things. We begin to re-examine the values. Are they the values that we actually want to stick to? Or are these the values that our role models, our educational system, our teachers gave to us? And usually there is always a bit of a gap. And sometimes that gap is so huge that you almost feel like you need to experience that huge metamorphosis to uncover who you are the true authentic version of you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, again, I absolutely agree with you. So, so for me, it was coming into 12 step based recovery um, at my later teens, right? Early adulthood that I really began to, to take on and begin to explore that concept a bit more of our higher self and even re and even, you know, developing a, you know, a, a spiritual understanding at that time, an understanding of spirituality and creating a spiritual connection was, a process for me at that time in my life, definitely. But um, but something I'm incredibly grateful for. One hundred percent. I think we're all spiritual beings. So at some point, sooner or later, we're gonna get these prompts from maybe the outside world, maybe our higher self guiding us internally. But it's gonna be come on, question a little bit deeper, research this area, examine this book, read this, watch this, and. The more we refuse to do that, the more we're going to experience these tower moments, as I like to call them, these big issues that require attention. Oh, why is this happening to me? And it's usually because it's it's a call for you to look within because the guidance is, is coming from within. But when do you think this connection was lost in society? Ah, that, you know, that's a rough question. I, you know, I kind of, I've got different feelings around that um, to a certain extent. Like, I don't think it's lost for everybody, of mm-hmm. course, yep. right? You know, but on a more general, but just generally speaking, like the way I see the world, right, is I don't believe that the world is a safe place, you know, and I don't believe that it's meant to be a safe place. You know, not, nobody can guarantee anybody um, safety. In this world, not even our parents, right? And, and you know, we have a natural negativity bias that's designed to help protect us, to help us survive, you know. And then we have our own experiences, traumas. We just went through a global pandemic. I, mean, I think we're still adjusting from that. And I think as there's more fear, insecurity, more global crises, environmental crises, societal crises, I think that you know a lot of these things bring us back into places of fear. And I think that when we're actively active and when we're activated by fear, that pulls us away from faith and from spirit. When I act in fear, I'm not acting oftentimes I'm not acting, most all times I'm not acting from from my higher self. Yeah. Place of spirit. And so so just generally speaking, you know, from, you know, from just, you know, that baseline context of this not being a safe world and this world constantly going through adjustments and change. I think those are contributors to how we as, as a society have began to disconnect further from the spirit, from spirit and spirituality that is all around us, like you were saying before. The fear factor is something that's very primal it's it's encoded within us you know if we look back into the cavemen and the hunting the the predators that whole process relied on the 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 world outside of the cave 
being full of predators. So you need to protect what, what you have and you need to remain in the cave. And if you think about Plato's myth of the cave, where exiting the cave actually is the path of enlightenment because you start to understand the world around you. It's not, the more you understand something, the less you are afraid of it because you're open to understanding different points of view. And maybe this is where the connection got lost a little bit. We reduced our learning. The education was closed off because we got scared of the knowledge. That's one way to look at it. But I'd like to challenge you, what if we're all here to restore some of that safety, especially the ones that are into spirituality and have restored their own connections? At least from my understanding, like, like when I connect to my higher self, right? <laughs> I think that that's the calling that, that many of us have to be empathetic, to be sympathetic, to share and to receive others, right? And if we're experiencing healing and as a result of that, gaining better understanding of who we are, what we're going through, and, and being able to navigate that back into a place of higher connection and greater impact, right? Health and well-being. I feel like there's, a, I feel like there's in a sense, a natural calling and understanding to maybe also be able to impart that onto our fellows and to at least be more compassionate towards them. We're seeing this mental health crisis because we have lost the connection. And I think we live in a world that is designed to keep us in this place because it benefits. I mean, the more you operate from a state of fear, as you say, you, you're not acting from that place of fate. You're not acting from that place of divinity that is within you. You're acting out of character because traditionally we, we are rational creatures the more we understand how the world works the more we can form these well-educated guesses and calculated risks but when we act out of fear all of that logic just disappears from the thinking you're just the primal instinct kicks in and over time it becomes easier to manipulate people and i think what we're seeing right now is the result of that structured fear within society fear-based programming which is a, is a bit unfortunate because Spirituality actually helps us live with more gratitude. It helps us be kinder. It helps us be more loving and empathetic. And it's very easy for us to shift the script, especially looking at all these big words, burnout, trauma, wars, money, bills, stress. If we just added a little bit more joy into the everyday, and I think joy is a very good antidote to fear, because how can you feel the fear if you're laughing, if you're having fun, if you're, you know, being close to somebody that you love? The fear kind of becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and it just disappears. <laughs> well, and I think you said a really important piece about education. Perhaps also there's a greater disconnect because, you know, when we're so wrapped up in fear or even that idea of surviving. You know, when we're just trying to get by day to day. And I know that there are plenty of people in the world right now who are just trying to get by right it's not easy when we're just trying to survive the idea of of thriving it's not a priority to thrive we're just trying to get by when we're just trying to get by i think that we we do we close ourselves we can often close ourselves off from connecting to the spirit or yeah. right? i feel like that's a luxury to those who are you know who are more stable and in a more secure place in life but in truth the spirit is here and for us and the more that we're able to tune in and connect and the more that i'm able to access my higher self i truly believe i have a better chance of navigating this world of being attractive to my fellows of creating connections and engagements and experiences that can benefit me personally professionally and help me to excel 
and share and contribute more into this world. 100% because you're also getting to know who you are, who you really are. So you can share that part of yourself. We don't share the same version with every single human being, but the more we know the different parts that we carry, the more we can share them with the world. And if we don't know who we are, if we haven't taken the time, we're just the conditioning. We're just the, the expectations of others or the labels others have given to us. And when we feel that disconnect between who we are and the labels that society has given to us, there's this gap between what people expect of us and what we expect of us. And it's just that explosion emoji. It's just, <laughs> you reach that point of, I can't go on like this. And that's usually the point of either burnout or midlife crisis, existential crisis. At some point, your higher self is going to wake you up and be like, come on. <laughs> I can absolutely identify and, you know, um, and, and relate to and have had those experiences. And, you know, I was, I was once one of those people who was living life in a way, a lifestyle, thinking pattern, process, fear-based lifestyle, where what I was doing was just not sustainable. I had no choice but to redirect because I just I wasn't in a good place. It was by need of intervention. I received and was introduced to spirituality as an adult coming through pain portals when we're lacking awareness, education, mm -hmm. understanding. I think these are also contributing factors to what can also disconnect us or prevent us from connecting greater spiritually. When we lack the education also, we lack an understanding of the many options that we have because we think, oh, we only have option A and option B because that's what's in front of us. And in reality, we have our imagination where we can create whatever we want to create. We can come up with these brilliant ideas as long as we believe, as long as we redirect that attention back to ourselves. But the current education system is not really teaching us to be the free thinkers that we need to be in order to thrive, in order to Rise above the survival mode, which is, I suppose, where you come into the picture as an integrative coach and restore the missing pieces I like to call it. To me, integrative coaching is about the self-empowerment, teaching people how to be self-sufficient. I think all coaches, when they meet with clients, they find them in places where they have been wounded, bruised a little bit from life. And so they help them kind of believe in themselves to raise them up. But what does it mean to you? being an integrative coach. I support clients in, in achieving greater health, wellness, and improving their performance. And, in, and the term integrative coach means by integrating different practices, healing techniques, modalities into the coaching process. Aside from being an executive coach, right, and, and being a certified professional coach, I'm also a certified Hatha yoga instructor, a certified breathwork facilitator, right? I've been under apprenticeship and into spiritual apprenticeship this year. I'm studying under a Shipibo shaman as well with plant medicines. You know, I help clients and integrate these different techniques, practices, modalities, leadership skills, all towards you know addressing our anxieties, our fears, our stressors, how we engage in life. And so Integrative coaching is, you know, is taking these different modalities and practices as they best serve a client and bringing them forth into our coaching process. Um, and it's something I've been incredibly passionate about, something I absolutely love. I mean, it, it's just, it's doing the work that's, that really supported me and being able to share that and offer it to others. And aside from integrating practices and modalities, oftentimes 
I'm, I'm not an expert in all fields, right? Oftentimes, if there's need for clinical care, psychiatry, mm-hmm. um, psychotherapy, trauma healing, a nutritionist, and a, you know, the fitness instructor, or something for movement, I'll also integrate those professionals, right? And those professional services into the plan as well. And, and even act as a bit of a case manager to oversee everything to make sure that the right hand knows what the left hand is doing. The team model is working together to effectively support the client again, from an integrative coaching perspective. Yeah, I mean, it takes a village to raise a child, but I think it also takes a village to support human beings in, in living abundantly because Life has also gotten a lot more complicated than what it used to be, especially with technology and working from home and working with all of these um, social media platforms all the time. That has an impact on our mental health that is often ignored. And maybe some of the burnout and stress that we're experiencing is also because we're exposed to the technology a lot more than our parents. And, and our grandparents didn't even know the kind of reality that we'll be living in one day. And that has a part, I think, with the integrative coaching that it's almost like you're leading these people on the bridge that connects them to a more holistic living. I think that that's ultimately where we're going to, where, where things are going to revert back to in a certain extent. There's always a calling for holistic living and just connecting inward or disconnecting from some outside stimuli as well. You're absolutely right. The digital age. I mean, I, have, I, I, I and I'm a guy who is 100% supportive of technological advancements. Definitely not opposed to that at all. I just feel like it's on us to have the awareness to be able to to have a balance that best serves ourselves and our fellows and to have the awareness to really understand how, when, why we're utilizing social media, taking advantage of technologies. And, And ultimately we've got, you know, I think it's on us to really be able to govern ourselves. And I think, you know, again, on a global societal level, I think that's more challenging. There's so much stimuli. I feel like with social media and technological advancements, there's just so many choices, so many options. I feel like we're being conditioned on the, you know, subconsciously. If there's something we don't like, if there's something that causes us discomfort, we can just shift away, swipe to the right, swipe to the left, change the channel. Netflix has got a million and ten different shows, and if you don't like Netflix, go to Discovery and Disney Plus and this. Right? Like, there's so many different services. It's like you don't have to deal with your discomfort anymore. You know, the way we're being conditioned to a certain extent with the amount of options and resources that we have. And on one level for immediate, for the immediate self, like for me playing into my avoidance behaviors, that's amazing, right? But but for me to just turn and avoid things that could actually, you know, it could be growth opportunities for me eventually, I'm going to find myself having nowhere else to turn again, right? And, and I'm going to be, you know, and, and eventually I'm going to have to pause and regulate. And process what I'm experiencing. If I really want to experience deeper healing and growth and change, or to affect change, I should even say. And as I think about the world ahead, I think there's going to be even greater calling and a want for many individuals to unplug mm-hmm. and come into that type of space, even more than before. And I think that there's going to be a greater need for that within the next few years. I think there's a need for that. Yeah, especially with the World Economic Forum saying that AI is the future and the metaverse is the future. I think we're going to have a renewed appreciation for nature when we realize the damaging effect of kind of worshipping technology over humans. Once again, the economy is not placing the humans at the center. It's placing money at the center. And naturally, when we worship something outside of us, it always ends badly. We haven't learned that lesson in humanity. We're we're trying to, but we haven't learned it. 
And I think what you mentioned around distractions and the choice paradox is it's a great point to demonstrate that the education system isn't helping us by not creating free thinkers because we don't know how to self-regulate. And so that's why we're always looking for the next distraction. And all these platforms are so beautifully designed as well that it's just so easy to play with the buttons, play with the, even have these interactive experiences. They're really going above and beyond with their creativity to get you hooked onto the platforms, which is amazing because they're using creativity, they're using innovation. But I think as long as humans don't know how to take a step back, look at the big picture, it's not going to end well for their growth. Yeah, I love everything that you're saying. Like uh, I'm speaking to two high schools in the next two months uh, to, to both families and also to, to the teaching staff. And, you know, one of our focuses is failure to launch and the other focus is really talking about regulation skills, mm -hmm. right? And, and quite frankly, I think in the world that we're in today, and I think this should have happened a long time ago, I think a great practice for our youth and our children would be that before each class starts, simply put, not a big one, but, yeah. but before each class starts, some form of mindfulness practice or concentration exercise that simply allows children and the teachers mm -hmm. to yeah. slow their heart rate, expand their breathing, activate their parasympathetic nervous system, and actually like regulate, right? Before class begins, a five minute exercise, anything like that, just to shift in between classes. Because I feel like if children can begin to understand and really get into those practices now, so they don't have to bring whatever energy, whatever activation, whatever emotional charge, right? That they were just experiencing, whether that was in between classes or being bullied in the hallway, right? Or, or you know, getting a kiss on the cheek from the girl that they really like, like whatever have you, right? Like, um, it's a big emotion. able to regulate, right? And get centered. And then re-engage because when we do that, like you were saying, all those, you know, those primal reactions, our fear-based reactions, um, fight, freeze, or flee. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that's happening when that happens is we, you know, the connections to our prefrontal cortex, they begin to dampen and dissipate a bit, right? So we're not playing with the full, with our full brain function and capacity. We're not able to access new skills and information or reinforce new practices or teachings when we're highly anxious. And so it's like the, the brain shrinks. Yeah, exactly. So even in classrooms, the emotion regulation, self-regulation, nervous system regulation, so important for the youth and our children to begin to practice now. And I just feel like one of the best ways for them to do that is to stop and go in between activities. Yeah. And generally speaking, in the you know the way our class system is in the states, in between class periods would be a great way to do that. Just stop and go because I think this is something I teach my clients, executives, young adults, families, all the same. Emotion regulation skills are often top on the list. In order for me to go further into the work with my clients and have them experience greater healing and performance. Uh, but another way to regulate that uh, energetic presence is also to shake things off. You know, imagine shaking the energy off and, and allowing it to pass the way that it, to flow, the way that it's meant to flow. Like my sister, she's in school and she always comes and she has these very energetic outbursts. Not necessarily bad, they're just out of the blue. And, and even she doesn't know where they're coming from. And she's um, a water science, so she's very, she's like a sponge for all the emotions around her. And she consumes them and then she comes home and she has these outbursts. And I keep saying to her, you need to shake the energy off. 
Like when you're feeling funky, it's not even you. It's the energy that you've absorbed from other people. We're all energetic beings, but there's no education around that. We don't talk about consciousness and energy enough to be able to have effective um, understanding conversations, connections. But I think it's becoming clear to us that that is kind of the future because we've reached the point of complete breakdown as a as a collective consciousness i think or collective state so now it's time to raise the collective consciousness by creating that positive change and everyone has a part to play i know we keep talking about education but education is so many things it's not just the first 12 grades it's not just the college or the university it's also education in the workplace it's also the, all the coaches it's even the the different roles that you mentioned the fitness instructor and the nutritionist they can play into the education because it's continuous learning throughout your whole life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I really appreciate what you said about, you know, maybe being able to shake it off or mm. move and allow our energy to flow or be released through us. Mm. And I was just thinking about that in a lot of different perspectives, right? Like we could, let's take, we could take nervous energy, for instance, right? Like fear, or anxiety, and how that can stir up in the body. Our calling when we get there is to fight or to flee. And those are actionable steps, right? It's actual movement. That's what we're being geared up to do. So, so one for, you know, just from a scientific understanding of what we're experiencing in our body to move is actually what our body is calling for. And so, and then when we interpret that feeling and what's coming up for us as energy, you're right, there's an opportunity to release. So what I really appreciate you want highlighting that because you're right, the, the, the there's more ways to regulate than just to sit in lotus position, cold exposure, movement, right? Um, like I work out every single day and the type of fitness that I do on a regular basis, it doesn't burn me out. I'm not ex exhausted by the end of it. I feel better. I'm I feel better after a run as well. At the end of yeah. the day, if I don't do it, my energy just gets... Yeah. Uh, it's almost like sticky energy. It's like, that, that's mm -hmm. not my energy. That's the energy of the burnt calories that need to be shaken off energetically speaking <laughs> yeah because a lot of my work where i'm working with c-level executives high performers in offices right and we have to learn like oftentimes practical ways that are acceptable within the workplace or within group environments to regulate and re-engage you know oftentimes very quickly with high performers or business professionals we'll go through a series of different exercises that can allow someone to do that it's an absolute resource and another way to regulate and to work with our energy flows and what's coming up for us. I think it, it's a mindset shift. When you understand that movement helps you navigate better through life and be more balanced, you, you start to incorporate it naturally. It's just your body guiding you, your body and mind in alignment. This takes us to um, unlocking your purpose and seeing if you are operating in life in alignment. Um, spoiler alert, you are. <laughs> ah. You're here to be a self-improvement kind of guru, guide, so teach others how to self-improve, maybe self-regulate, and empower the high performers and teach them everything to do with inner balance because that's something that you, you have mastered. And then you're here to help entrepreneurs on their self-mastery journey. And finally, you're here to connect with people driven to change the world and help one another grow and transform. Your whole life is all about transformation, change, growth, rebirth and renewal so naturally everything that you do is going to be leading to that transformation so everyone that you meet they're going to be transformed after engaging with you after interacting with you because that is just kind of the the assignment the mission that you have in life 
Oh yeah, that is me 100%. Like I would I love that. It is it's inspirational. I want to feel that energy. You know, it energizes me. Purpose, passion, sharing like those are the things that really do excite me and, and often encourages me to go further or to work harder. It is a lot of information. I'll say though, it feels good and it does feel like it's in a bit of alignment for me. Um like I love what you're saying cuz as you're talking, I'm just going over, what am I doing professionally? Where is my path personally? Where am I practicing spiritually, right? And you know, I'm actually putting out like this empowerment series right now, the Sats Empowerment Method. And I'm doing this beta test at the moment and we'll be packaging this and bringing this to corporations and to leaderships, uh, to, to leadership groups and, and different centers. And I mean, the whole nine, you know, I've got a big push for this over this next year and it's been going so well so far in the, the the feedback's incredible and it's all and a huge part of this empowerment series is based on regulation yeah connecting to our higher selves learning how to better process what we're experiencing and then re-engage in in, in in a more attuned and clear way right with our fellows and our work and our goals and everything else and so as you're kind of going through this it sounds really beautiful and in alignment with with some of the work that i'm doing already which feels nice well, I'd say that you're in alignment though, because there isn't a specific angle from your chart. You can come up with whatever structure that you want. There's so much creative freedom within this profile, but it, it has to do with leadership, whether you are leading in your own life or whether you're empowering the leaders of the future, your path is closely linked to that leadership. And I think with the high performers that you mentioned, there's a link to that because it's the high performers that end up creating change in society eventually, even if they're working for big corporations. Since your path is that of transformation, you're going to be transforming people's lives to everything that you do. And I think knowing what I know from my self-growth journey, the more you commit to it, every single day you're advancing, you're changing, you're transforming it. And it's once you start that dance with the self-growth journey, you don't stop dancing. <laughs> I'm having that experience right now. You know, as we've got leadership, weaving through us right mm -hmm. me like my understanding of leadership and what i what i share and what i teach is that to be a good or effective leader we have to have and and be able to demonstrate especially in this world today a bit of emotional intelligence mm -hmm. right yeah. i think that we really do where we're not serving our fellows or leading our teams effectively if we're not accessing our higher selves for lack of a better word. and so when i take this chart and what you shared with me today and i think about greater integration into my life, right? And how I can take some of what, you know, what's going on up here and, and really, you know, bring this further into me. One thing that's just continued to kind of ring home is to continue spiritual growth and contribution yeah. for one. Because again, it allows me to better access my higher self. And I think that's really important for anyone in a leadership capacity. And again, especially in this crazy world that we live in, I recognize like a calling and um, and a benefit towards really staying in inner work practices and spiritual practices to be able to show up in a way that allows me to lead and make an impact. Yeah, and I think with your profile, because you have leadership by example as well, the more you improve your life, the better leader you're going to be by default. It's just very much in alignment. And we are, we're still living in a world where the leaders are operating from their masculine energy, operating from a very logical, oppressive presence. And we still have that idea that we need to look up to the leaders for the answers. 
when in fact the leaders are here to empower the people that are looking up to them so that they can raise them up to their level. They can raise their understanding, their awareness, their knowledge. And I think this is, we've got a long way to go before we understand that the, the power is within us and we need to reconnect with that power. So the self-empowerment comes into the picture once again, that nobody has an answer for us, for our own path. We need to look within. And so when I talk about the natal birth chart and the purpose, one is not born into their purpose, one steps into their purpose. And what you mentioned around continuing your spiritual growth, I think is key. It's continuing that self-improvement journey, self-growth journey, and committing to those daily practices because they are what's making room for your potential to be channeled. Because if you're operating from the old conditioning, you're operating from an outdated version. And it's not something that people are comfortable with, I would say at this point, that to change as fast, but the people that change the fastest are the people that are the most innovative because they are just constantly shifting their energy and channeling more of that potential. And that's where the ideas come from, from their connection with their higher self, from their connection to source. And, you know, the people that are committed to that self-growth journey, I think the universe sees their commitment and, and honors that with these fresh ideas, with these opportunities. And this is the element of, I don't know where I'm going, but it feels in alignment. So I'm going to take that step. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I love that perspective. Thank you. Absolutely enjoyed our chat today. You've mentioned some really exciting things that you're working on. Is there something to look forward to this year? Something that, you know, people that are watching this episode can um, get engaged with? Join yeah, us. So a couple of things. Um, one, I've got this online series called the Sats Empowerment Method. It's currently in the middle of being beta tested right now. I'll be doing it once more towards the end of the year. I'm also putting, I'm also a big burner, right? Like Burning Man. I don't know if you're familiar, right? right? Like I'm a yeah, yeah. Burning Man has a lot of aspects to that community and, 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 and that cultural experience that I love, right? Everyone comes together and erects a city out of nothing in the middle of the desert. It's not based on one person doing this or focusing on themselves it's really about the betterment of the group and and being selfless and being able to connect and then the freedom the community the expression the spirit the connection all of that are they're just keywords that i love you know and burning man is such an amazing space to jump in and to feel free and to be in this great container where you just get completely immersed in things that you, you know, that for me, speaking personally, things that I absolutely love. And I'm actually creating a community and a group to, in a sense, kind of keep that burning man spirit alive when we're back in the default world, right? But how do I stay connected with my spirit, with mm -hmm. freedom, yeah. playfulness, joy, connection, creating time, space, and energy for the things that drive me and turn me up? And, um, you know, and again, it brings us right back to a lot of these integrative practices that can better support our health, well-being, happiness, and healing. And so I'm also, you know, I'm also putting together a community for for people who are involved with Burning Man or want to be involved that understand these concepts and want to to hold them closer and experience more of that as they're going through their day-to-day -day life. How do we actually get more of that? Here in this default world of ours, ours, where again, I think it's calling to again the spiritual practices and the inner work practices as well. Out of curiosity, have you met people at Burning Man that are dealing with the big negative words that were mentioned in that uh, blue slide? I mean, say back by the mental health, or are these people that are already kind of more connected to their higher self and more 
in alignment with their spirit? I, I would I would like to say both. You know, I mean, okay. it's a pot out there, and there are plenty of people who are in the inner work and and have amazing awareness and attunement, and and are actively engaged in practices. Like there are tons of amazing camps that are based around mindfulness, healing, performance, and growth. You know, and then I and then yes, I think it's safe to say that there are. Yeah, I've met plenty of people who are also actively being afflicted by some of these things mm. that they're dealing with. You know, being at Burning Man is a container where maybe you don't have to play into that or maybe you can push that away because you're in this great yeah. environment and there's plenty of stimuli and plenty to distract yourself with. But the other side of this, again, the healing side is to be more resourced and, and to figure out how we can be. It's, um, to me, Burning Man is almost like a symbolic of the shadow work. And depending mm. on where you are on your journey with the shadow work, it could be very surface level. It could be just yeah. kind of like burn the surface wounds or you can dive deep and just kind of allow yourself. Because if you think about the spiritual awakening and the spiritual ascension processes, you walk through the spiritual fire, you have to face your deepest fears, your deepest uh, traumas and wounds and kind of make peace with them and say, right. I understand why that happened, when it needed to happen, because it made me who I am today, or it, it, it revealed to me something that I can use to help those that have been through the same life lessons. Let's call them life lessons. <laughs> yeah, no, completely, completely. And there's so many energies and elements out there. There's energies and the connections, there's energies and the spirits. And so when I think about that Burning Man, I think about the amount of energies that actually take place there, the opportunity to connect and heal and grow. I think there's such a great potential and calling for us to take that and to figure out and work towards how we can experience more of that um, on a mass scale in our lives and for our fellows. 100%. And that's something we talked about in, in the last episode with Jennifer, that we often think about spirituality is the light side we often think about it being love and light and positivity but there is an integration of the darkness that's within us as well i mean we are of the world so we naturally have the dark and the light so we need to be able to integrate both of them and be balanced within the duality because when we explore the light and we explore the love it's all lovely and amazing but if you start to look at the origins of some of the most famous fairy tales they're much darker than what we're, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. learning. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's a reflection of, we've already done the primal experience of leading with fear. We've already seen the stories where people are being destroyed and, and killed and abused. And it's time to rise above that, keep spiritually ascend so we can be these humans in the uh, path of evolution where we can co-create and collaborate and grow side by side. And leave that aspect of the dark at the low level frequency we've outgrown that <laughs> yeah exactly. leave with joy integrated joy i think that's a beautiful ending though right there right see if we can work towards integrating with joy or grace right mm -hmm. or how can we access that it's a practice and an intention that that i've been doing and something that i continue to try to do and will continue to try to work on myself you know integrate with joy to experience more grace i love it